Log Talk Radio. Good morning. Good to be in the house of the Lord today. Amen. Let's take our, let's take our All American Church hymnal. We're going to stand together, and let's turn to number thirty four as we stand and sing. He keeps me singing. There's within my heart a melody. Jesus whispers sweet and low. Fear not, I am with thee, peace be still, in all of life's ebb and flow. Jesus, 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 sweetest name I know, fills my every longing, keeps me singing as I go. All my life was wrecked by sin and strife, Discord filled my heart with pain. Jesus swept across the broken strings, stirred the slumbering chords again. Jesus, 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 sweetest name I know, fills my every longing, keeps me singing as I go. Feasting on the riches of his grace, resting neath his sheltering wing, always looking on his smiling face, that is why I shout and sing. Jesus, 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 sweetest name I know, fills my every longing. Keeps me singing as I go. Which verse we just sang? We just sang three. I got lost in the middle of the song. Amen. Let's do it again. Let's sing the last. Ready? Soon he's coming back to welcome me. Far beyond the starry sky. I shall wing my flight to worlds unknown. I shall reign with him on high. Jesus, 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 sweetest name I know, fills my every longing, keeps me singing as I go, amen. You know, it's hard for a man to do anything, he's got a one-track mind, and I, uh, it's hard to be the pastor thinking about what you're going to preach on, trying to remember what verse you're singing, amen. But praise God. It's good to be in church this morning. We're gonna we're gonna take time for prayer requests this morning if there are any. If you got a prayer request, be, be feel free to speak up because there's power in prayer. And there's power when a church prays together. Yes, sister. Um, my name is Robin and my husband and my two little kids are in our grandfather. Right here in front of Jerry's my neighbor stopped and I called <coughs> the uh, truck to put down from behind right. Same thing happened to Robert Joanne. And it, it's, I think it's going to be worse and worse of an epidemic as we 
as we go on and technology advances, people just aren't paying attention behind the wheel like they should. And uh, we just need to pray for folks. Amen. Anybody else? Anything else? Feel free to speak up. Yes, ma'am. Absolutely right. Yes, Miss Charlotte. Okay. Her friend Winona lives right down the block from her. Y'all pray for my son Jackson. He's feeling sick this morning. He's not here. Um, Y'all just pray for me. I ain't felt too good either. I'm not sick, but I just don't feel good. I'm dealing with some issues. Y'all just pray for me. I appreciate it. Amen. (laughs) I'm glad you feel good too. Amen. (laughs) Two days ago, she said, I feel good. I'm kind of worried something's wrong. I said, don't start borrowing trouble. (laughs) It's all good. Amen. Anybody else? Anything else? Okay, yes, ma'am, that's right. Oh, I was going to say, I don't know who's, y'all recognize these? Those yours? Okay. Robert, I'm going to let you do the honors while you pass in the plate. <laughs> let you get that to her. <laughs> All right. Yeah, yeah, I'll mention that. Yes, next, no, next Friday. Friday, yes. Yes, this this uh, this this coming Friday evening. Um, we're going to have a, uh, well, this Friday is, is Valentine's Day. We're going to have a little sweetheart banquet or whatever, and and uh, you're welcome to come. You're invited to come. Uh, we're going to have we're going to have steak and baked potato, and need to let us know by tonight if you want to be here because we need to take up an offering for, uh, for that, uh, for the steaks. Because, well, I mean, we can pray, but I don't know if the Lord will drop it out of heaven on us. Amen. But I, I think we'd probably be best to go buy them. So, anyway, I've, I've got a pretty good deal on them. Uh, since I work over at the butcher shop, we can get them pretty, just a barely above cost. And so I think if we can do $10 a person, uh, it's $10 a plate, we should be fine on our costs. So if you'd like to, if you'd like to come next Friday evening, by tonight, you need to let us know. That way, we who, who wants to be in charge of collecting? Bonnie, you said something about it earlier. I'll just nominate you there. It, she she's the list keeper. So if you if you want to be on the list, amen. And the only reason I say a list is not we're trying to be exclusive, but I mean we're going we're going to have enough money to buy enough steaks. And if you show up on Friday and you hadn't got on the list and and donated to it, then probably ain't going to be no steak. So. <laughs> <laughs> We'll figure it out. Right. If you want to come and need a stay, just put your name on the list. If you don't have the money, don't worry about it. Right. But we want you to give the money if you're able to give the money. So, but anyway, all right. So by tonight, please let Miss Bonnie know, and we'll have a head count tonight, and we can take care of all that. All right. All right. Anything else before we pray? Okay. So let's go ahead and pray. We need to wrap up this Matthew 24 this morning. So let's go to the Lord in word of prayer. Brother Robert, lead us. Yes. Amen. You can be seated.
turnover to 124. 124, are you washed in the blood? The soul-cleansing blood of the Lamb. We'll sing all four. Have you been to Jesus for the cleansing power? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are you fully trusting in His grace this hour? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are you washed in the blood, in the soul-cleansing blood of the Lamb? Are your garments spotless? Are they white as snow? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are you walking daily by the Savior's side? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Do you rest each moment in the crucified? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are you washed in the blood, in the soul-cleansing blood of the Lamb? Are your garments spotless? Are they white as snow? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? When the bridegroom cometh, will your robes be white? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Will your soul be ready for the mansions bright and be washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are you washed in the blood? In the soul-cleansing blood of the Lamb Are your garments spotless? Are they white as snow? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Lay aside the garments that are stained with sin And be washed in the blood of the Lamb There's a fountain flowing for the soul unclean Oh, be washed in the blood of the Lamb are you washed in the blood, in the soul-cleansing blood of the Lamb? Are your garments spotless? Are they white as snow? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Amen. That's really all that matters when it comes right down to it. Are you on your way to heaven or not? The only way to get there is not through good works. It's through the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's turn over to 206. Not one of, Some may not be familiar with this one, but if you're not, just hum along. You'll catch it. My latest sun is sinking fast. My race is nearly run. My strongest trials now are past. My triumph is begun. Oh, come angel band come and around me stand oh bear me away on your snowy wings to my immortal home oh bear me away on your snowy wings to my immortal home i know i'm nearing the holy rank of friends and kindred dear for I've dues on Jordan's banks, the crossing must be near. Oh, come, angel band, come and around. 
stand. Oh, bear me away on your snowy wing to my immortal home. Oh, bear me away on your snowy wing to my immortal home. I've almost gained my heavenly home. My spirit loudly sings. Thy holy ones, behold, they come. I hear the noise of wings. Oh, come, angel band, come and around me stand. Oh, bear me away on your snowy wing to my immortal home. Oh, bear me away on your snowy wing to my immortal home. Oh, bear my longing heart to him who bled and died for me, whose blood now cleanses me from all sin and gives me victory. Oh, come, angel band, come and around me stand. Oh, bear me away on your snowy wings to my immortal home. Oh, bear me away on your snowy wings to my immortal home. Amen. Praise God. One more. Let's turn to 302, number 302. How many of y'all knew that one? Hold your hand up. Hey, I'm, all right, well, you'll know it next time, won't you? Praise God. Y'all did good for not knowing that, amen. 302, Jesus loves even me, amen. In spite of how bad I've been, praise God. He washed me with his blood and he set me free and he loves me, amen. 302, let's... Ready? I am so glad that our Father in heaven Tells of his love in the book he has given. Wonderful things in the Bible I see. This is the dearest that Jesus loves me. I am so glad that Jesus loves me. Jesus loves me. Jesus loves me. I am so glad that Jesus loves me. Jesus loves even me. Though I forget him and wander away, still he does love me wherever I stray. Back to his dear loving arms would I flee when I remember that Jesus loves me. I am so glad that Jesus loves me. Jesus loves me. Jesus loves me. I am so glad that Jesus loves me. Jesus loves even me. Oh, if there's only one song I can sing When in his beauty I see the great king Oh, shall my song in eternity be Oh, what a wonder that Jesus loves me I am so glad that Jesus loves me Jesus loves me, Jesus loves me I am so glad that Jesus loves me Jesus loves even me. Amen. Aren't you glad if you saved this morning that Jesus loves you? Praise God. I was just thinking when, when Grant was talking about his salvation experience and how he how he 
lived for a number of years not serving God after he trusted Christ. And it's very similar to my own story, uh, very, very similar. And I'm so thankful that God is a merciful God, and he's a patient God. But, you know, I think about it, it's kind of like with these with little children, you know. Got some little ones here this morning. And, you know, we're way patient with them, way more than we are when they're about, oh, say, 15, 16, 17. Amen. So we got to grow in the Lord, and God's patient. Amen. Miss Nell was telling me she liked the old songs I sang this morning. I told her I'm going to sing a new one this morning. It's not an old one, but it sure is a good one. I don't know who wrote this song, but uh, it's a blessing. He moves among us and all that he does. All of his mercy and all of his love with the pen of the writer to write every day. Even this world could never contain how I have been blessed. The warmth in the winter, flowers in spring, the laughter in summer. And the changing of leaves, the food on my table, a good place to sleep, clothes on my back, and shoes on my feet. Oh, I have been blessed. I have been blessed. God's so good to me. Precious are his thoughts of you and me. No way I could count them. There's not enough time. So I'll just thank him for being so kind. God has been good, so good. I have been blessed. Arms that will raise, a voice that can talk, hands that can touch. And legs that can walk, ears that can listen, eyes that can see. Oh, I've got to praise him as long as I breathe, for I have been blessed. A father and mother who nurtured and raised, a brother and sister and memories made. A pastor to lead us, an altar to pray, stripes that can heal, and a blood that can save. I have been blessed. I have been blessed. God's so good to me. Precious are his thoughts of you and me. No way I could count them. There's not enough time, so I'll just thank him for being so kind. God has been good, so good. I have been blessed. We live in a country, the greatest on earth. 
flag stands for freedom and all that it's worth. Stands in the harbor, Miss Liberty called. All it gave some, but one gave it all, so I could be blessed. He's my shoulder to lean on when I am down. The rock where he leads me when I'm overwhelmed. The place where he hides me is under his wings. He's not just a song. He's a reason I sing, for I have been blessed. I have been blessed. God's so good to me. Precious are his thoughts of you and me. No way I could count them. There's not enough time. So I'll just thank him for being so kind. God has been good, so good. I have been blessed. God has been good, so good. I have been blessed. Amen. I hadn't sang that one in quite a while. Just about can't sing it, amen. About gets to me when I try to sing it. God is so good to us, amen. He didn't have to be, but he is. He's merciful beyond, I mean, his mercy is so much greater than our than our sin. Amen, his grace is so much greater. And what a God we serve, amen. What a God we serve. All right, so the chalkboard's gone this morning, amen, uh, and we're not going to bounce back and forth. I just want to cover the end of this chapter because I realize that I could bog down here and we could end up doing a whole expose on the book of Revelation, and I ain't got time to do that on Sunday morning, amen. So we're going to try our best to sum this up and put a bow on it before we're done, but I don't want to miss, I don't want to miss anything. So I want you to turn back, turn to, to Matthew 24 and the first verse and we're going to read a few a few verses we're going to touch on a few things and then we'll get into the message and we'll get done this morning all right all right matthew chapter 24 i, I feel like i don't know why it is but I, I i feel like the preacher i heard one time said you know he said before i got up here he said i had butterflies he said but now they're flying in formation it's gonna be all right amen praise god God's good like that. Amen. Let's let's look at Matthew 24. I want to read the first, the first three verses, and then we'll pray. And Jesus went out and departed from the temple. And his disciples came to, to him for to show him the buildings of the temple. And Jesus said unto them, See ye not all these things? Verily I say unto you, There shall not be left here one stone upon another, that shall not be thrown down. And as he sat upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came unto him privately, saying, Tell us, when shall these things be, and what shall be the sign of thy coming and of the end of the world? And let's pray. Father in heaven, Lord, we come before your throne this morning, and Lord, we bow before you. Lord, we know that, Lord, you have all knowledge and all wisdom, and Lord, we're, we're in search of it this morning. Lord, we want to be comforted. We need to be comforted. We need to be encouraged. 
Lord, we need to, to, to be settled in our minds. So, Lord, I pray this morning you give us your grace. Lord, you help us to, Lord, to uh, separate from confusion. Lord, you help us to see clearly and teach us from your word, Lord. Lord, I pray, Lord, that you give us some, some truth this morning. Feed us, Lord, with this meat. We need it today. Help us now. Lord, I pray for, Lord, this vessel that I have, Lord. I pray, Father, you cleanse it. I pray, Father, nothing would hinder this morning. I pray, Lord, that, that you, you forgive me of any sin in my life, Lord. I pray the Holy Ghost of God would fill me, absolutely control me, speak through me. I pray for each one under the sound of my voice, whether they be listening here inside the, the church house or whether they be listening by way of the Internet. Lord, I pray that they be blessed. I pray for the sinner nearest hell. I pray, Lord, for their soul's salvation. Lord, I pray for the saints of God that we be encouraged and settled in our hearts and minds. And we'll give you all the glory and the praise. Holy Ghost of God, we pray now you use us. You work in us. You teach us what Christ would have us to know. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. So I want you to realize something. And I said this last week, I think, but I'm going to touch on it just, just for the sake. When Jesus went out of the temple, that's the last time he went into it. He never went back. Okay? When he went out of there, he told them that their house was left desolate. That's what it says there in verse 38 of chapter 23. He says, Behold, your house is left unto you desolate. You know what that means? That means it ain't no good no more. That means it's empty. It's condemned. And that's what Christ was saying about the whole Jewish religion. It's done. It's over. He was about to go, and he was about, hey, listen, when Christ died, the veil in the temple split from top to bottom. It was about three inches of woven linen. Okay? Hands couldn't have done that. I mean, they, they couldn't have took a, a saw and cut it very easily. It would have took them a long time. God ripped it top to bottom. There was no more need for the temple. Amen? And he went out and he told the disciples, he, I, mean, uh, he, he, I mean, when he went out, rather, when he went out and, he, and his disciples came to him, and I mean, he told them, he, he just said, this place is desolate. And, and so they came to him, and they're like, well, look, Jesus, look at all these beautiful buildings, though. It's like they were trying to say, well, why did you say that? That didn't make any sense. But, and then Jesus begins to tell them. He said there's not going to be one stone left on another. That happened in A.D. 70 with, 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 when Titus came in and, uh, and overthrew him and overthrew Jerusalem, all right? So that's already taken place. And as we look before, the people of the prince are going to come. The people of the prince, speaking of that Roman, the Romans that came in and they destroyed Jerusalem, the people, in other words, the descendants, and if you go back to, and read Daniel, you'll see the statue that was the head of gold and, and then as you go down, silver and brass and then the legs of iron. And then when you get to the toes, it's a mixture of iron and clay. And the iron legs, it represents the Roman Empire and the toes are going to be an extension of that Roman Empire mixed with clay, so it won't be purely a Roman Empire anymore, but those are the people of the prince and that are going to come, and the Antichrist is going to come out of all that. But anyway, I don't want to go too deep into all that again, but as we looked and we saw when Jesus began to talk, they asked him, by the way, they asked him, they asked him three questions. They said, Tell us when these when shall these things be, and when shall be what shall be the sign of thy coming and of the end of the world. And then Jesus went on, he went on to warn them about the Antichrist who was to come. He told them there would be wars and rumors of wars. 
He told them that there would be there would be a, a famine and there would be pestilence. That's the four horsemen of the apocalypse. He began to to give them a he only gave them a vague overview. It's not a detailed description of everything that's going to happen during the the week of uh, the seventieth week. Uh, of Daniel, the time of Jacob's trouble, the tribulation period. He didn't give them a, a, an account by account everything. Okay, realize that most of them didn't even understand he was going to die and be resurrected at that point. They really didn't even get it at that point. So he's just giving them kind of an overview of the end times. That's what he they ask him about, and so he begins to do that. And and it goes on down through. It covers, and we looked at, at Revelation chapter six, and we looked at how how this lines up with Revelation chapter 6, for, for a part of it, again, he didn't cover everything, but he covered enough to let us know what period of time he's talking about. And then in, in verse 15, the Bible said, When ye therefore shall see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet stand in the holy place, that's in Daniel 9.27, where it talks about that. And, and I think we got enough time to read Daniel, that one verse of Scripture. Daniel 9, 27. The Bible said, And he shall confirm the covenant with many for one week. That's, that's right after the Lord's church is gone. And we're going to see that. Okay, we've already seen it, but we're going to look at it again because I want to make sure you see it. All right, he shall confirm the covenant with many for one week. And in the midst of the week, he shall cause the sacrifice and the oblation to cease for the overspreading of abominations he shall make it desolate. What did Jesus say about that house? It's desolate. Okay? There is going to be sacrifice in the temple again. And I know I'm, I'm throwing a lot at you, but understand that in order for these things to take place, there has to be a third temple built in Jerusalem. I've talked about that the first Sunday we looked at this. The preparations for that temple are already set. Everything is put together. They have prefabbed some of it. They're waiting. They've got the furnishings. They've got, they've got, they've got people lined up. They're gonna, they'll be able to do sacrifices just like that as soon as it's put up. But in order for that to happen, that, that Muslim mosque has got to be removed. So something has got to take place in order for those things to happen. But once that happens, once that temple is rebuilt, then it's, all, it's, all, it's game on. Amen? And, and all the thing that's, that's, that's hindering all these things taking place is the church getting out of here, all right? We're going to get out of here because God has not appointed us for that. The Bible tells us that. But nevertheless, we're going to look at it and uh, look at the end of this because we've already worked our way down through, uh, I can't remember, I think we got to verse 31 last week if I'm not mistaken. But we're going to back up to verse 27. and we're gonna make, I'm going to make sure because I can't remember if it was in 26 or in 31 we got to. So anyway, verse 27 is where we're going to pick up. The Bible says there, it says, For as the lightning cometh out of the east and shineth even unto the west, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. For where, wheresoever the carcass is, there will the eagles be gathered together. Immediately after the tribulation of those days shall the sun be dark and the moon shall not give her light and the stars shall fall from heaven and the powers of the heavens shall be shaken. And then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven. Then shall all the tribes of the earth mourn 
and they shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory, and he shall send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet, and they shall gather together his elect from the four winds from one end of heaven to the other. Now, when, if you read that, you can get confused. You can be like, well, wait a minute. That sounds like the rapture's in there. That, 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 that sounds kind of kind of like that because there's a trumpet and there's, there's, uh, there's a gathering of his elect from one end of heaven to the other. Sounds like it, but wait a minute. Wait a minute. Take your Bible. Turn to 1 Thessalonians 4. 1 Thessalonians 4. I'll give you just a minute to find that. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse 13. I'll even turn over there, even though I got a cheat sheet up here. Amen. I'll turn over there with you. First Thessalonians four and verse thirteen through eighteen. All right. Paul said to the Thessalonican church, But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep. He said, I don't want anybody confusing you. I don't want you to not understand what's going to happen. He said, I don't want you to be ignorant concerning them which are asleep and those that have died, that you sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. Now, Paul said to be absent from the body, what? To be present with the Lord. We know that when our loved ones die in Christ, they don't lay in a grave sleeping for however long. Their soul, their, their spirit immediately are with the Lord. Now, we put their body in the ground. We know that's just a shell, all right? So he's trying to tell them, listen, they are with the Lord, right? So if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent or go ahead of them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. That's those who already died ahead of us. They're going to rise first. The Bible says then, we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. Now, if, if we, if, there's no comfort in, in, in us having to endure God's wrath being poured out. And God said he's not appointed us to wrath. So there's no comfort in, in us having to go through the time of Jacob's trouble, which is God's judgment on his people, the Jews. There's no need for a Gentile church to go through that period. Listen, there was no Gentile church when Christ was speaking to his disciples to begin with. There was no, there was no uh, reference giving to a Gentile church. There's no reference at all. He's talking to men of Israel about what's going to happen. These men of Israel are, 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 are concerned about what's going to happen to the temple. They're worried about what's going to happen to Israel as a nation. They could care less at this point what's going to happen to a bunch of Gentiles. They look at Gentiles as a bunch of dogs, a bunch of no-good heathens that they want nothing to do with. They, were, they absolutely detested the Gentiles at that point. Now, Christ told us there through the Apostle Paul, 
He said, I'm going to descend. He didn't say he was coming all the way down. Amen. And if you want a proof of that, look at verse 17. We should be caught up together with them to meet the Lord where? In the air. Not on the Mount of Olives where he's coming back and going to stand foot when he comes back in his second coming. All right? So he said, comfort one another with these words. Now turn over to 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Turn over there real quick and we'll read that. Verse 15, verse 51 and 52. 1 Corinthians 15, 51 and 52. The Apostle Paul, again, he's speaking to the church, church at Corinth, but he says, Behold, I show you a mystery. Like an Agatha Christie novel or something. No, it's nothing like that. Not mystery like that. It's mystery in, in the fact that it was not revealed. It was it's always down through history. It's been a mystery. Amen. Not prophecy, but a mystery. There's a difference between prophecy and a mystery. Okay? But this mystery is revealed to the Lord's church. This mystery was not revealed to his disciples upon the Mount of Olives. It was a mystery that was revealed later. And, and Paul said, Behold, I show you a mystery. What's the mystery, Paul? He said, We shall not all sleep. Not everybody's going to die. But we shall all be changed. When, Paul? In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump. See, that, there's trumps. There's trumpet blasts. that are. God uses trumpet blasts. We just got through talking about, in Sunday school, about those children of Israel marching around the, the walls of Jericho, and they blew the trumpets, and they shouted. There's lots of shouting and trumpet blowing going on. Don't get confused and, and try to lump them all into one. All right? He said, and at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. This corrupt, corrupt, corruption shall put on incorruption. We'll have a glorified body like Christ had. Now listen, again, let me ask you this question. Why would Jesus, in the middle of specifically answering their questions about the temple and about his coming and about the end of the world, why would he immediately start talking to his disciples, who were all Jews, about the things that were going to happen to the Gentile church that had not been revealed yet? Well, he wouldn't. He's talking to them about the things that are going to affect them and Israel. Again, the Bible says, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. And if we don't rightly divide, we get confused. We have to understand, all things were not written to us, and not all things are about us. But they're all for our edification. They're all for our understanding and our help. But they're not all for us and about I'm not all to us and about us. So, Look back in our look back in our text. Let's turn back over to Matthew. I done got out of Matthew. All right, Matthew twenty four. So let's look back through verses twenty seven through thirty one again. For as the lightning cometh out of the east and shineth even of the west, so shall the coming of the Son of Man be. He's talking about he's talking about his second coming when he comes back to rule and reign on the earth. He's going to judge Israel. He's going to judge the nations. Okay? For where the carcasses, carcass is, there will the eagles be gathered together. All right? And look at verse 29. Immediately after the tribulation of those days. So again, he's speaking about the 70th week of Daniel. 
the time of Jacob's trouble, the time when God deals with the Jews. He's going. Listen, he, there's going to be there's going to be 144,000. Y'all heard that number before, right? You probably heard it related to the Jehovah's Witnesses, but there is 144,000 Jewish male virgins who will begin a worldwide witness campaign. It's going, to, it's going to focus on Israel. I mean, that's where that's, they're going to focus on that, but it's going to extend out beyond Israel. And listen, not only that, God is going to send Moses and Elijah, and they're going to stand in the streets of Jerusalem, and they're going to prophesy. And guess what's going to happen? They're going to be killed, but guess what? They're going to be raised right back up. But the, when they're dead, the Bible says that, that, that basically that the people are treated like Christmas time. They're going to celebrate, and they're going to get together with their neighbors, have get-togethers, and give gifts to everybody. Praise God, those guys, well, not praise God, but how, they'll say, isn't it great? They're dead. We don't have to listen to them anymore. I mean, it's God, God is going to save some people during this time. A lot of people are going to get saved during the tribulation period. There will be saved people here, Okay? <clears throat> But understand this, when the church is gone, the age of grace is over. The age, this dispensation of God's grace, of believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved, it, it comes to a close. There's a different set of circumstances at that time. Is salvation in Jesus Christ alone still? Yes, absolutely. But there's also the matter of the Antichrist, and that's what we're going to look at. Now, Look at verse 32 of Matthew chapter 24, and, we'll, and we'll, we'll continue on. He's speaking about the end of the world and the sign of his second coming. Now, verse 32, he says, Now learn a parable of the fig tree. So everything he says from here on out to the end of the chapter, he's using, it, he's using a picture to teach us something. All right, learn a parable of the fig tree when the branch is yet tender. And putteth forth leaves, you know that summer is nigh. We, we begin to see things start budding around here in about a month or two. And we know winter's over, summer, summer's on its way. And he's saying when you, when you see things like that, you understand summer's coming. And so he's saying, so likewise, just like that, ye, when ye shall see all these things, know that it is near, even at the doors. It, what's it? My coming, my second coming. When he comes back to rule and reign on the earth. And he says, Verily I say unto you, this generation shall not pass till all these things be fulfilled. I want you to understand something. If, if they've rebuilt the, the temple in Jerusalem next month, okay, seven years, seven years till these things take place from that moment, okay? It's not a long period of time once the ball gets to rolling. Once the church is gone, it's not going to take long until all these things. It's going to take seven years. All right? And he said, heaven and earth shall pass away. Heaven and earth not going to pass away when, when, when the church is out of here. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. But of that day and hour knoweth no man, no, not the angels of heaven, but my Father only. And then he says, but as the days of Noah, or it says no, but it's Noah, were, as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Well, we, we've, we've used that a lot, but, and, and, and we use it like this. We say, well, you know, it was bad during the days of Noah. I mean, there was wickedness everywhere on the earth, but that's not what God's saying. That's, that's true, 
But that's not what God's saying right here. Listen to what he says. He says, as it was in the days of, as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. For in, in, in the day, as in the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day that Noah entered into the ark. You know what that means? They were very unconcerned. They were very unconcerned. Do you know, there's a lot of gospel preachers today. There's a lot of people that preaches this truth, and people hear it, but it just goes in one ear and out the other. When you were teaching Sunday school, I thought about that. They watched them go around the first day, and nothing happened. When you were saying that, it's just like it lined right up with what I was saying. The second day, they went around the walls of Jericho, and nothing happened. And the third and the fourth and the fifth. And the sixth, like he said, by the time they got around the sixth day, the seventh day, they, they ain't nothing going to happen. Guess what? During this seven years of tribulation, hey, there's a, there's a, there's a lot of people who may start out afraid and, 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 and their mindset, oh, you know what, we, we got to get right with God. We better, we better serve God. But you know what? There's a lot of people that says, you know what, one of these days I'm going to get saved. And they never do. You know what? I mean, I, I think of people in my mind who've said that to me. And one of these days, I'm going to get saved. But you don't get saved when you decide to. Amen? You get saved when God deals with you. But there's going to be a lot of people in this time. You would think, oh, man, you know, all these things begin to take place. The church is gone. I mean, it's going to, it's going to cause all kinds of cataclysmic events. I don't think it will. We've we've all we've all heard we've all seen pictures of uh, of of the rapture you know somebody painted it with all the the people going up and trains crashing planes falling out of the sky and all that it ain't gonna be that bad because the only people that are really saved going up and there's a whole lot of people that ain't saved that are religious amen there's a whole lot of people who think they got salvation but they ain't got Christ. I don't know that it's going to make that big an impact when we're gone. <clears throat> but they just kept on going like it was all going to, it's all, they're going to keep on going like nothing's ever going to matter, like it ain't going to happen, like Christ ain't coming back. The Bible says they knew not until the flood came and took them all away. <clears throat> I mean, the day that Noah entered into the ark, they weren't worried about it. Even when it started raining, they probably went, what is all this? Oh, it ain't nothing. It's a little water. It won't hurt nobody. It's a help our. It's a help our garden. We ain't got to worry about the mist anymore. It's gonna rain now. It'd be great. And you know, I don't like they worried about it when there was puddles everywhere. And probably didn't worry about it when it was ankle deep. Probably didn't worry about it when it was when it was up to their knees. They worried about when it's gonna go back down. But you know what? When it got up to about their chest, we got to get somewhere. Let's climb. Let's get up higher. Got up higher. Hey, we need to catch that boat. Too late now. That's the way it's going to be during that seven years. They're going to put off, put it off, put it off. Even though they're going through all kinds of, of, of judgments of God, they're still going to put it off. That's why, they, that's why they're going to cry out uh, for the rocks to fall on them and hide us from the face of him that sat upon the throne. They put it off. They don't want to deal with it. And then the Bible says in verse 40, then shall two be in the field, and the one shall be taken, and the other left. Two women shall be grinding at the mill. The one shall be taken, the other left. You know, I, I don't know if y'all remember that song. 
Life was filled with guns and war. All of us got trampled on the floor. I wish we'd all been ready. Two men climbing up a hill. One, uh, one. Well, I can't remember the words. It's talking about, you know, one to be left and the other taken. But it's not the rapture, folks. What's going to happen when Christ comes? Well, I'll tell you what's going to happen. His own are going to, hey, his own who, who have made it to that point. His own who did not take the mark of the beast, I'm sorry, in the right hand or in their forehead. His own are going to join all of us who are going to come back with him. We're going to all be gathered together there in Jerusalem. The rest are going to be taken to judgment. They are going to stand before God and they are going to stand in judgment of God. That's the whole taken business. It doesn't say they were caught up. It says they were taken. And we're taking I think we take that word taken to mean something that it doesn't mean. But the Bible says in verse forty three, I mean verse forty two, it tells them to watch therefore, for you know what not what hour the, your Lord doth come. But know this that if the good men of the house had known in what watch the thief would come, he would have watched and would not have suffered his house to be broken up. Therefore, be ye also ready, for in such an hour as you think not, the Son of Man cometh. Now, if you'll turn in your Bible to Second Peter chapter 3. Second Peter chapter 3. Second Peter chapter 3 and verse 10. The Bible says, But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in the which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up. What did verse 43 of, of Matthew 24 say? But this I know, the good men of the house had known and what watched the thief would come. The day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night. Not the rapture, not the catching away, but the coming of the Son of, the Lord, of, Son of Man. He's, when he comes, it's going to catch them off guard because you know what? They're not looking for him. They're not looking for him at all. Who then is a faithful and wise servant, verse 45, whom his Lord hath made ruler over his household to give them meat in due season? We know what meat is. Meat is doctrine. Those in that day, the wise and faithful servants who are alive during the, the, the time of Jacob's trouble, they are going to be teaching others of Christ. They are going to be teaching them of his word. Those are the wise and faithful servants, and they will be rulers over his household, even though they are, they are saved during that tribulation period. Why? Because they are continuing to give the truth to, to those around them. He said, blessed is that servant, whom his Lord, when he cometh, shall find so doing. Verily I say unto you that he shall make him a ruler over all his goods. Now, does that apply to us too? Yes, if we're faithful. If we're faithful to him, he's going he's gonna, to... The reward will be based on our, our works as a believer down here. But that applies to the tribulation saints as well. Now, I want you to look at verse 48. But and if that evil servant shall say in his heart, my Lord delayeth his coming and shall begin to smite his fellow servants and to eat and drink with the drunken. Now hold up. Turn to Revelation chapter 13. 
Revelation 13. I know we're covering a lot of ground, but we, we're almost to the end of it. Revelation 13, I'm just going to read it, okay? I just want you to follow along in your Bible. John said, I stood upon the sand of the sea, and I saw a beast rise up out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns, and upon his, horn, his horns ten crowns, and upon his head the name of blasphemy. And the beast which I saw was like unto a leopard, and his feet were like the feet of a bear, and his mouth was the mouth of a lion. And the dragon gave him power, gave him his power and his seed and his great authority. And I saw one of his heads, as it were, wounded to death, and the deadly wound was healed. It's talking to the Antichrist, folks. And all the world wandered after the beast. And they worshipped the dragon, which gave power unto the beast, and they worshipped the beast, saying, Who is like unto the beast? Who is able to make war with him? And there was given unto him a mouth speaking great things and blasphemies. And power was given unto him to continue 40 and two months. 40 and two months, three and a half years beyond the time when he sets up his image in the temple in Jerusalem and declares himself to be God. And he opened his mouth in blasphemy against God to blaspheme his name and his tabernacle and them that dwelt in heaven. And it was given unto him to make war with the saints and to overcome them. And power was given unto him over all kindreds, tongues, and nations. Now I want to compare that real quickly back here in, in, in Daniel, where it said he was given unto him to make war with the saints. I want to compare that to Daniel 7 and 25. Let me just read it to you. The Bible said, And he shall speak great words against the Most High and shall wear out the saints of the Most High. Those are tribulation saints, folks. Those are those who believe on Christ during the tribulation period. He's going to wear them out. Everywhere they go, they're going to be on the run because the Antichrist is going to try his best to kill all of them. He's going to be given permission to wear them out. Again, it says in verse 7, we were reading a minute ago, and it was given unto him. God is allowing him to do this. God, why? Because he is bringing his wrath and his judgment down upon his nation, Israel, who turned their back on him and his son and wanted nothing to do with his spirit. God is going to judge Israel. And don't get me wrong, I love Israel. I'm, I'm thankful to God for them. I, I long for, 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 for the day when we all gather over in Israel, amen, and Christ sits on the throne. But let's be honest, God is not happy with them. God is going to judge them. All right? And the Bible said, And all that dwelt on the earth shall worship him whose names are not written in the book of life of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. Everybody who's not saved will worship the beast. If any man have an ear, let him hear. He that leadeth into captivity shall go into captivity. He that killeth with a sword must be killed with a sword. Here is the patience and faith of the saints. Now listen, and I beheld another beast coming up out of the earth, and he had two horns like a lamb, and he spake as a dragon. That's the false prophet. And he exercised all the power of the first beast before him and causeth the earth and them which dwell therein to worship the first beast whose deadly wound was healed. And he doeth great wonders, so that he maketh fire come down from heaven on men in the sight of men. And it deceiveth them that dwell on the earth by means of those miracles which he had power to do in the sight of the beast, saying to them that dwell on the earth that they should make an image to the beast 
which had the wound by a sword and did live. And he had power to give life unto the image of the beast, and the image of the beast should speak, and they caused that as many as would not worship the image of the beast should be killed. And he causeth all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand or in their forehead, and that no man might buy or sell, save or accept that he had the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. Here is wisdom. Let him that hath understanding count the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man, and his number is six hundred three score and six. Now, we look back to Matthew 24 and verse 48 and 49. But and if that evil servant shall say in his heart, My Lord delayeth his coming and shall begin to smite his fellow servants. Let me tell you what's going to happen in those days. Father's going to turn against the son. The son's going to turn against the father. The enemy, thy enemies will be they of thy own household. They're going to sell one another out. They're going to be people who are going to come in uh, from other, uh, that are not Jews that are going to come in and pretend that they are Jews in order to sell them out. It happened during the Holocaust. It'll happen again during the tribulation period. To be a Jew during that time, to be a, a believer during that time, what a horrible, horrible situation. Their only hope is to stay true to the Lord Jesus Christ, to stay alive by not taking the mark of the beast. Listen, if they die for their faith, well, they died saved. But there's going to be people, listen, they're going to intend they're going to set out to say, well, you know, we're going, to, we're going to follow God. But you know what? As soon as the trouble hits, as soon as it gets hard, as soon as they can't buy or sell and they're going to starve to death, you know what they're going to do? They're going to turn on each other. And the Bible says, and they begin to eat and drink with the drunken. You know what they're going to do? They're going to, they're going to go ahead and they're going to take that mark. They're going to get that stamp, whatever it is. And they're going to eat and drink with the drunken. They're going to join the beast. They're going to join his, his crowd. The Bible says the Lord of that servant shall come in a day when he looketh not for him, and in that hour he is not aware of, and he shall cut him asunder and appoint him his portion with the hypocrites. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Not ruling and reigning. I'm going to tell you, folks, I, again, I'm grateful. I'm thankful beyond thankful that that's not the plan for us. I'm thankful to God for grace. I'm thankful. What a, what a God we serve and what a privilege it is to be a child of God and to live in this day and time in this dispensation of grace where, listen, all a person has to do is believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. Thank God for that. Thank God that we're not appointed to wrath. Thank God that he wants our hearts to be comforted. But remember this, the clock's ticking. The clock's ticking. We don't know when the Lord's coming for his saints. We have no idea. Say, well, as soon as they build the temple, <laughs> that temple could be built in probably two or three weeks' time. We ain't got to be here when it's built. The Lord could come at any moment. I'm not trying to tell you, wait for the temple and then we'll be gone. No, he could come at any moment. Be ready. Are you ready? That's my question. Are you ready? Are you sure? Listen, have you believed on the Lord Jesus Christ? Do you know him as your Savior? Is he your Lord? Is he your Master? I want to close with this from Titus chapter 2, verses 11 through 15. 
For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, we should live righteously, and we should live godly in this present world. Not during the tribulation period, right now, right now. We ought to be sober-minded, realizing that people are going to die and go to hell without the blood of Jesus. We ought to live righteously in order to have a testimony before them. We ought to live godly in order to please our Heavenly Father in this present world. And we're to be looking for that blessed hope. That's what the Bible says. Amen? Are you looking for Jesus? Are you looking for him? Do you ever get up and think, you know, he could come today. He could come today. He could come before before we even get done with this service. Amen? I mean, listen, I don't know if, I don't know if there's somebody here that's lost this morning. It, 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 it amazes me to think that somebody might be the only person sitting in here after a flash and we're gone. I'll tell you what, if I wasn't saved, I'd, I'd get saved today. I wouldn't. I wouldn't put anything off. If God is dealing with you, if God has showed you that you're a sinner, but you need to be forgiven, and that he's done everything that's necessary, that you can't do anything to to gain forgiveness. All you can do is believe that Jesus died for you, was buried and rose from the grave, and that his blood is enough that it satisfies the wrath of Almighty God, that his blood opens the door for heaven, for eternity with, with God. That's what you need. You don't need religion. You don't need a title. You don't need you don't need somebody to think you're a good person. You need to be saved by the grace of God. We're to be looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of of the great God and our Savior Jesus Christ, who gave Himself for us that He might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto Himself a peculiar people. Zealous of good works. So we're, to, we're supposed to be different. We're supposed to be a little odd. There's nothing wrong with that. Listen, the world looks at us like we're, we're lunatics. The world looks at us and says, you know, you could be out there just living it up. You could go out and just get drunk and party and do a bunch of dope and run around and go to Las Vegas. Nobody ever, no, you know, what, what happens there stays there. You can just party and do whatever you want to. Live, get all the money, get all the things you could ever have. Let me tell you something. People that live like that, when they get to the end, they find out it is empty as can be. Those things, can't, they can't fill that Jesus-sized hole you've got in you. You have a need for Jesus. He gave himself for us. And the Bible says these things speak and exhort, which means to encourage, and rebuke, which means to chew on some hide. Amen? With all authority. You know where my authority comes from? Right here. That's the only place. I got no authority outside this book. Let no man despise me. Listen, I'm saved. I'm blessed. I'm thankful. Glory to God, I'm not going to hell. Not because of anything I've ever done, but because of what he did for me. Amen? He, I, listen, I didn't come to him. He came to me. 
Amen. There's a, there's a song that, that I've heard sung many times. It says, he came to me. He came to me. When I could not come to where Jesus was, he came to me. Amen. Has he came to you this morning? Has he touched your heart? Has he, has he stirred around your heart this morning? Uh, maybe, maybe you're saved, but you just need to draw nearer to him. I don't know what your need is this morning, but I know this. There's salvation to be had if you'll come. Listen, all the person has to do is believe. Amen? Yes, there's, there's to be a willingness to turn from sin. There has to be. You can't come and believe unless you're willing to turn from your sin. I didn't say you have to turn from all your sin because you don't have the power yet. Christ will give you that power once you get saved. But there must be a willingness, a desire. And if you have that desire, he has, he has more than enough desire to save you. And he'll give you eternal life. If you're here this morning, you, you're just not where you ought to be in your spiritual life. You're just not as close to him as you ought to be, and you know that. Don't, don't put it off. Come to him. Lay it all down and say, Lord, I made a mess. I need, I need you to forgive. I need you to cleanse me. I need you to take this giant burden off my shoulders, Lord, and let me feel free. I, I, I'm weighted down with my sin and my life, and I've gotten backslidden and cold, and I just feel so lonesome and so far away from you. Can I tell you something? I've been there. I've been there. I felt a million miles away from God. And I'm going to tell you, the night that I turned around, you know where he was? He was right there with his arms wide open, and he said, come here, my child, I love you. He didn't kick me. He didn't curse me. No, God's not like that. That's man. No. He's like that father at the end of that road when he's seen his son coming. He ran out to meet him. God will run meet you this morning. Whatever you need is this morning, I urge you to come. Do business with the Lord. Sister Bonnie, would you come? We're going to sing a song of invitation, 392. Stand together with me. The songbook's not that important. The song's not that important. If God's dealing with you, I'd rather you put the songbook down and come and do business with God. The altar's here, both sides. You're welcome to come. If you need prayer, I'll, I'll, I'll let somebody else sing, and I'll pray with you. Whatever your need is this morning. Let's do business with God. Father in heaven, I pray now, Lord, you work on hearts. You do work in our hearts today. Lord, you draw people. And, Lord, I pray it be of you and not of me. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 392. There is a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins and sinners plunged Beneath that flood Lose all their guilty stains Lose all their guilty stains Lose all their guilty stains And sinners plunge Beneath that flood Lose all their guilty stains Let's sing the last Then in a nobler, sweeter song I'll sing thy power to save When this poor lisping, stammering tongue Lies silent in the grave Lies silent in the grave Lies silent in the grave Then it for lisping, stammering tongue Lie silent in the grave Amen 
someday that's going to be the case. And somebody will stand over you and hopefully they'll talk about what a wonderful Christian you were. But in that day, there won't be any more time to serve God. There won't be any more time. Clock will run out on you. Live for God on purpose today while there's still time. I urge you. Amen. Glad you came to church this morning. Amen. Come back tonight if you get a chance. Six o'clock we'll be here and we're going to meet with the Lord and, and hopefully we'll get some meat out of something. Amen. All right. It's good to see visitors this morning. Glad all of you were here. Pleasure to have you and, and hope you'll come back and be with us again. Y'all remember to pray for my son. He's under the weather today, not feeling very well. And pray for the rest of the sick and those who are going through troubles. Just remember to pray for one another. Listen, the, devil, the devil's got a target on your back. Bear you one another's burdens. So fulfill the law of Christ. Amen. Any word from anybody before we dismiss? All right. Well, let's go to the Lord in prayer. And let's be dismissed. And I'll see you back here tonight. Brother Tony dismisses. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for the message we've heard. Lord, we just pray that you would go with us. We pray for the Lord that all the sick and need your special prayer. You take care of them. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.